to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 26th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Glenn Wesley edition. I'm Mark, and would like to welcome Rob back to the program after a, for another week of Bruins Hockey Talk. Uh, Rob, what is happening? I am excited. It is pre-season, there's hockey on, and that means that there's only a couple more weeks. Ah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's so. it's, it's coming. Uh, it's coming fast, and I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, I'm seeing everybody post Patriots stuff, and I'm just sitting here going, I want my Bruins. Yeah. So. Forget football, forget basketball, <laughs> forget baseball. A real Hockey sport. Season. A real sport's about to step in the house. Yeah, the real men are going to get to it. So, <laughs> uh, before we get started, uh, we do have a, um, a a very busy show, and it's going to be jam packed. So hopefully, you guys all keep up. Uh, a lot of good conversations coming through now that the Bruins are are, um, are gearing up for the 2016-17 uh, season. But uh, first, I just want to um, I want to give a shout out to two great people in my life. Um, my one of my great friends, Dale Lind, and his new wife, Natasha Lind. Uh, congratulations on their wedding. Uh, we had a absolute blast last night, uh, yesterday and last night. Uh, the weather kind of sucked, but uh, everybody uh, was exceptional. You know, they, they, nothing nothing could bring that day down. Not weather, not a snowstorm, nothing. But it was so much fun, and I'm so happy for those two. And congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. So, uh, let's let's just start with the uh, uh, going back to the World Cup. Um, uh, again, I, I, I like I said in uh, last week's podcast that I kind of thought it was going to be like an all-star game kind of um, scenario. But um, congratulations to Team Canada, and especially we've got to mention the the, the Bruins that were on the Canadian team, uh, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Uh, both played exceptionally well, um, and and between uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, that was a, 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 I thought it was a great. I, I really paid attention to those guys. I kind of um, gravitated to the Bruins that were in the tournament, and not you know too much more. But that was a really good good showing, good World Cup win. Just shows they're ready for the season. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm actually very surprised about that. I, I thought for sure tournaments like this before the season start would um, kind of hinder on um, uh, you know being ready, but 
uh, this is more or less uh, uh, an intense preseason workout for these guys. Yeah, and if they play like that during the season, that's going to be insane. Oh yeah, because definitely. They were going full blown in that thing. Like I wasn't expecting much, like body checking or any of that stuff to be happening, or I wasn't expecting as much like board work as there was in the World Cup. So. It, it was really entertaining compared to what I thought it was going to be. So it's a good sign. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just so pumped. I, I you know I'm I'm so I'm really happy that there was no injuries you know oh, to yeah. any Bruins players because that was always on the back of my mind about tournaments like this and uh, how you come back to your you know your uh, respected NHL team um, healthy, but. I'm happy about that. Um, there were four preseason games last week, and and I'm super pumped to be talking about hockey. Um, on Monday, the 26th, versus Columbus at TD Garden, the Bruins lost in a shootout to uh, I mean that Sam Gagne move. Oh, that that was just disgusting. Uh, I mean, absolutely undressed the goaltender. I, I believe it was Hudobin. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. But uh, in the game, Jimmy Hayes uh, got a goal, and DeBrusque and Zarnick with the assists, and Denton Heinen from, uh, got a goal from Carlo and Griffith. So Denton Heinen is really uh, stepping up in a, in a yeah. key role. Yeah, that is my, my boy right there. There you go. That is the future third-line left winger for this season. <laughs> I like your call. I like the oh, prediction. Uh, yeah, he's going to be there. Trust me. Well, I know. <laughs> uh, on Wednesday, the 28th, September 28th, versus Detroit at TD Garden again. There was another uh, loss. Uh, this one, 5-1 in regulation. Yeah. Uh, Austin Zarnick with the only goal, assisted by Ryan Spooner, who um, uh, he just... He just beat the defense outright to make a pass right to the net that Zarnick was crashing, and Zarnick tips it in for the uh, the goal. Uh, what a, what hustle by Spooner! Oh yeah, that was a Showing pretty. that he wants to stay anyway. Exactly. Um, Subban in that game, I I didn't I didn't think was overly impressive, but uh, his defense was kind of lacking that game too. So. I'm not going to put all the blame on the goaltender, uh, nor the defense, but uh, team effort. Yeah. Uh, Friday, they had another game against Detroit. It was a 2-1 to one overtime win. Danton Heinen continues to impress. Uh, he gets a goal from Seneshin and Nash, and Ryan Spooner um, wins it in overtime. Just 34 seconds into the extra session, it puts it away for the Bees. That was, yeah. that was an impressive game. That Heinen goal from his knees. Yeah. Right under the defender, right through the five hole. Yeah, that was sick. The kids get some uh, unbelievable skills. I, I really like Sinitian's effort in front, though, to get that puck back. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of people didn't even talk about that. But the fact that he went for this shot, kind of missed it, got bobbled around a bit. But you saw him, he had three guys around him all looking to like knock him onto the floor. And he just put his head down, found the puck, knocked it across. Oh, a great goal. And continuing on the Heinen talk, uh, last night's game versus Philly, uh, it was on the road. It was a 4-3 win in a shootout. 
Uh, Danton Heinen on the board uh, with assist to Bacchus and Pasternak. Pasternak with two goals and an assist to that game. So he's he seems like he's ready. First game of the preseason as well. Yep. And uh, Heinen scored and Jake DeBrusque, uh, the shootout, Heinen scored, Jake DeBrusque uh, scored to win it in, in the shootout. So a little yeah, tongue tied there. I didn't get to see that game because it wasn't televised, but yeah, I was. I'm hearing, I, I'm hearing a lot of good talk about backers in that game. I had my alerts on. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy that's gonna listen to a hockey game sitting in church if, if I ever went to church. So, but I was at this awesome wedding last night, and I had the, my, um, my, my, uh, my alerts on from uh, Boston Bruins uh, Twitter account. So, yeah. I was paying attention. I wish I could have watched it, but oh well. Yeah, there's, it, it's nearly the season, so it's not too bad missing a game or two. Right. It's preseason. It always hurts when the one game that we play really well with a team, like, it's the one that's not televised, so kind of hurts. Right. But what can you do? And to close out the preseason schedule, um, next week uh, the Bruins are at Montreal. I believe that's in Quebec City at the new arena. On Tuesday, October fourth, then they're on the they're at Columbus Thursday, October sixth, and the final preseason game is at home against Philly Saturday, October eighth, to end the preseason. So I'm I'm trying to get tickets for that game. I'm gonna take me and the wife. So yeah, two really big games in there as well. Montreal, you got you want to see what the kids have got if they're into this rivalry. Yep. Uh, and then you got Philly, which is always a rivalry game. Oh yeah, I, I, I always I always get up for the Philly Bruins games. It's just you know, it, it's a different. It's just a totally different atmosphere when it's Philly Bruins. I mean, at Montreal, you know all the bad bloods there, and it kind of gets a bit nasty. But when it's Philly and it's two teams that like to hit, that gets nasty quick. Agreed. So, I love them games. Me too. I I haven't been to a Bruins Montreal game in a while, but the last time I did, um, total pandemonium in the stands. Uh, literally, um, fights in the stands between Bruins and Canadians fans. It, it's it's funny. It's funny because they taunt each other to the point that they actually stand up and then like go down a couple rows and duke it out. It's uh it's awesome. I think I need to come over and teach them. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we know what sport violence is all about over here in England. Uh, so, um, the next topic, uh, I want to talk about Zdeno Chara and his World Cup and expectations for the upcoming season. Um, when he played in the preliminary game, um, I, I, I'll admit it, I was trashing him and so was everybody else about his game and and you know, is this what is going to happen in 2016-17? Um, and with two years left to go on his contract, but as the tournament went on, and Team Europe settled in and, and started to play a more aggressive style, in my opinion, um, you, you saw a better Chara, and and I was quite surprised for a guy that's going to be 40 soon, and you know. Um, I, so with that being said, I mean he he seems like he's ready to rock and roll for the for the upcoming season. Do, do you see him playing a bet, a bigger role, um, not only in the locker room but on the ice? 
I'm I'm kind of hoping that the staff realise that he needs to take a step back. Like, I think we need to put Tory Krug on the first defensive pairing instead of Chara. I really think he needs less time. Uh, I think it's Krug's time to step up. Like, he's shown he can play more minutes and play the penalty kill and everything. So, uh, I'd rather see a younger guy who's still developing get that ice time who needs it and let Chara sit back a bit and kind of do the heavy lifting when it's needed because there were so many times last season where it got to a crucial part of the game like you'd have two minutes left and you're only up by one goal and you could see like they were putting Chara out for three shifts in a row and he was blowing like he couldn't do anything so I think I think he just needs more rest I, th- I think he can still play showing that in the World Cup so and that goal in the final game just shows that he's still got something yeah that was a that yeah. was a good goal I like the way he came down off the blue line snuck in and just kind of like a wrist shot on that and it got through the the scary thing about that is though we saw that last season with Chara trying to trying to kind of do everything he's trying to be like a stay-at-home d-man but at the same time he's trying to join the rush and be <clears throat> like more offensive but i kind of just want him to sit back on the blue line if anything goes wrong he's he's got time to get back yeah yeah more of a stay-at-home style yeah how many times did he jump into the play last year and someone like bergeron has to go and cover him? yeah i have to hustle back you know yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that so and we're now missing a lot of the players who over the past four years have been really good defensively for us so I just I think he just needs to take a step back less minutes less mistakes I think he'll do good though I really do I I think I think he's there's a positive thing from this uh, World Cup experience and um if I had to like predict the, um, uh, uh, some totals, uh, it's not far to believe that Chara can't put ten goals in this season and and at least uh, a thirty thirty five assist campaign. Yeah. So that, that's kind of like I'd say that's his expectation level. I, I think that's what the Bruins are looking for from him. Especially, but, we know he's still got that shot from yeah, the blue line. Right. And he can put up goals because the amount of times that he walks in and shoots it on net. And I think when you're a goaltender as well, and there's a guy like that that you know has a really hard slap shot, you kind of, you'll know what I mean. Your knees go a bit weak when you see him creeping in. (laughs) And if you think that shot's going to come from like the middle of the hash marks, you're kind of a bit nervous, and then he just snaps it home every time. So I think he'll do good. Yeah, I, 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 like you said earlier about um, his uh, decreased minutes. I mean, that would just help a guy that's that's approaching forty, and most likely is going to retire after the end of his contract, which is uh, in two seasons this uh, this upcoming season and the next. Um, and you know, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not an overly big fan of Chara. I just. I, he has a role. He plays the role very well. He's a he's a, a constant leader in the locker room. Um, but I'm just I'm ready to move on from the. And I'm not saying I don't like the player. It's just the cap. Yeah. His cap his cap number is going to be needed for other players that are that are either going to be coming out of the entry level deals and to step in 
uh, sooner or later, like a, a person like Brandon Carlo, um, and any of these guys that uh, are knocking on the door of, a, of an NHL roster. So, well, the good thing is a guy like Carlo's got three years of his right. ALC left. So, I mean, but you still have to do cost money management. Oh yeah, you still got to keep that cap open right. and know what's coming. Because you have expectations of, of, of signing a guy like that. I mean, I really hope yeah. I hope Carlo's not the kind of player that Dougie Hamilton was. But Oh, yeah, I, I don't think he is. I don't think so yeah. either. I but, don't think we have any Dougie Hamiltons on our team anymore. Good. I'm happy. I don't think there's anyone out there that's looking to make a big payday off nothing. So, so it'll, it'll all work out. <laughs> So sticking with the Bruins defense, um, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, uh, reports came out that the Bruins uh, signed uh, Christian Aronoff, defenseman, to a PTO. Um, You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. This is another... um, uh, the last podcast we talked about Peter Mueller getting a PTO and his role would probably be to um, push the younger players a little harder to really, really earn that spot. Um, I believe the the Earnhoff, Earnhoff PTO is also that uh, for the defenseman. But yeah. I, I believe he had a solid World Cup Oh yeah, he, also. He looked, he looked pretty good. He, he actually looked pretty good last season as well. Yeah, he was... Uh, I believe L.A. L.A. and then the Blackhawks at trade deadline, I think. Okay. Uh, he, he he looked really good last year. He, he's not he's not going to play the body much. He's not going to be a physical type of guy. But it's like Lyles. He can move the puck really well. And if you're going to move one of them guys... like Also, he, he's played the right side before. Even though he's left-handed shot, he's played the right side. So if you're looking for mobility, guy, yeah, if you're looking for a steady guy as a backup, like a seventh defender, like the thing I've always said is I like kids to get ice time instead of sitting on the bench. So if you've got, if you need a depth forward who's going to sit on the bench most of the season and only play like what twenty games due to injuries, like make that one of the older guys, make that a thirty-five-year-old. Like, don't ruin a kid's game by keeping him there. So, the same goes with the defense. If if it's a guy like Carlo's going to be the seventh man, instead of letting him sit on the bench for say sixty games, just let him go to Providence. Yeah. And let him play top line minutes there and learn to play like five on five penalty kill and power play. Like. Get him involved. Him, yeah. Yeah. Mold him into a proper defenseman that we're going to need. Right. Because the, I've been saying this year doesn't look like a cover up. Like, it, it it just looks like we're going to do the same as we've done the last two years. We're going to compete, but we might not make it. I'm, I'm not too worried about that as long as they do it right and let the kids get ice time, either in the NHL or in the AHL, but don't sit on a bench. Yeah, it's kind of like goaltending. I mean, it's, it, 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 to put a little different twist in what you're saying, is you don't want to bring up a goaltender that is developing and that needs ice time as a backup because it just doesn't work. You're gonna ruin his 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 future. Oh, you want to keep him in the AHL. You want to split that 72 game season. You know, 32, 33 games. 
you know. Um, well, but, Subban would have been in the NHL by now if they didn't go by that model. Like, I, I truly believe they would have given him a year of backup if it wasn't for the fact that he needs ice time. Right. So, I mean, look at the preseason. They want to show him off. They want to, like, it's the last year of his deal. I, yeah, I think they're going to move him. I, I don't think he feels that he's been treated right with Bruins. Like, he's, what, he's had a couple of games up at the NHL. Not even. So, he's only got one. Well, yeah. So, and then, like, maybe three or four preseason games, but that's it. And if you look at what Kokolachev did when he wasn't happy with how much time he was getting, like, he could end up the same way, where a guy like that might go to Europe for a few years. He yeah. might better himself over there come back and go to a different team and then we get nothing so I think this year's the year they've got to trade him and they've got to find the the worst part of it is they've got to find the right team and so many teams in the NHL have young really good goaltending prospects so it's going to be tough agreed speaking of development uh, the Providence Bruins camp opens tomorrow officially. So, uh, with that news, um, cuts have to be made at the uh, National Hockey League level during the preseason. And as uh, World Cup uh, members that were on the team uh, that were on the Bruins uh, are coming back to town to participate in uh, in uh, training camp and preseason games, um, the cuts uh, Tommy Cross. Uh, Chris Breen, Tim Schaller, and uh, Chris Casto have all been mentioned to be going to Providence. Um, and I think three of the four that were mentioned are all on waivers, too. Yeah. So I'm expecting them to follow through and then report uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any waiver claims like over the preseason time really right I, I, I don't see many teams wanting that hassle like when you claim someone off waivers it creates a lot of hassle between teams and then you ruin trade opportunities so like it's it's the same as the whole offer sheet thing like this is why we don't see many offer sheets because GMs don't want to piss each other off yeah but not only that you don't want to give up too much either yeah so I mean can you imagine you have like quite a good prospect but he needs a bit more time at the AHL so you send him back and all of a sudden boom he's someone else's property kind of sucks right so and then every year for the next 10 years they're going to do the same thing back to you so it's <laughs> it's one of them things I think everyone that's going in the cuts will pass through perfectly fine I think the only the only person you'd really see get picked up is someone like Griffith. Yeah, that that would be sad, but you know it, yeah. it is a business, and you have to cut ties sometimes. But yeah, speaking of cutting ties, uh, CSNNE.com's Joe Haggerty is reporting that the next round of cuts could see defenseman Jeremy Lawson released from the team and uh, back sent back to his junior his Canadian junior team in Ruin Noranda. Um, and the other one I found interesting was that uh, in, in his article in Joe Haggerty's article he mentioned Jesse Gabriel. 
Now, Jesse Gabriel does have, the, can be optioned back to the WHL uh, or the Prince George Cougars. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this because I've seen this kid all summer uh, during workouts, and and I, I thought he had something good going, uh, but apparently the Bruins don't see his development progressing to a um, to an American Hockey League level, and I th- I found it kind of strange. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh, I I do have to mention too that Gabriel is not on an entry level deal. Yeah, he's he is not side. signed yet, so I believe that I, I could be wrong. I'm not perfect, but I think that, I think that's the loophole with it. If they don't sign him, he has to go back to the WHL. Okay, that's what I that's but what I thought. If they sign him, he can go to Providence. So, but I but, I thought he I thought he looked really good. I thought he's he he works really hard, but you know. Oh yeah, he's a he's a tough kid. Like he just keeps going when he plays, and that's the kind of thing that you want in Providence. But if he's not if they feel he's not ready, then why burn a year of his ELC? Yeah, no, I, that's that's a very good point. Very good point. Like, because if this guy's ready next year for the NHL, then you've got three years of him being, like, cheap as anything. Yep. So, I don't know. It, it's one of them things, and you got to look at the depth that's going to be in Providence as well. Can you really... Is he going to play fourth-line minutes, third-line minutes? Is he going to crack the top six? If mm. not... Why, why is not send him back to the WHL? Let and, him play top line minutes. And it's only going to benefit him. It's not a knock on on what he's doing. As, you know, as Bruins property, um, yeah. you know he's progressed well. I mean, those the guys that they all talk very highly of him. But this could be something that is just you know uh, an added bonus to his resume as he as you know as he starts to transition into the pro level. Yeah, and. We, we know how the, the Bruins are with the younger guys and I know they like to send them back to juniors when they can because they get that they get to be an alternate captain or a captain and they get that bit of leadership quality and it really like produces better players when they've had that captaincy role in the junior team and we've seen it in the past so I I don't mind him going back. I'd like to see him in Providence because, I mean, I don't get to see a lot of junior games, so I'd like to see him in Providence. But if it benefits him more, it's definitely better him going to juniors. I agree. I agree. Uh, and uh, a surprising. I mean, it's it's surprising to me, but uh, it might not be to others. But uh, Zach Senishin is still holding tight. Um, oh, yeah. In training camp now, I I I believe he will be returned to the Sault Ste. Marie grounds, um, yeah. like like we said about uh, Gabriel. Another year isn't going to hurt him in his development, but um, to keep him as long as the Bruins can, I think it's only going to benefit uh, Zach as a as a player. And um, yeah. uh, I I just I, I'm I really look forward. To, I mean, it sucks that he has to go back because the that that. Agreement between the NHL and the CHL, but um, I, I look forward to that kid either being on the Bruins or the an AHL roster um, after next season because he will be twenty and eligible for AHL. Yeah, well, they've signed him, so yes. I mean, at least we know he's going to play play in Providence next year, yep. unless he gets traded, which I don't think that's going to happen. 
I doubt so, that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one more year to wait, yeah. But at the same time, are we going to see his progression like we did last year? Because yeah. he went from, what, 26 goals on the fourth line to 40-something 46, on the first line. 46, yeah. So, I mean, if you see that keep jumping in his game while he's down in the juniors, like, that kid's going to just get better and better. And, I mean... They, they've been telling him what he needs to work on and what he needs to get better at and he's showing that he's got leadership qualities down in the juniors uh, he's been doing all his charity work down there as well so I mean another year's not going to kill him I think I think it'll annoy him a bit cause, because of the injuries that he had leading up to uh, pre-season yeah that was so, a tough summer yeah but that I mean, stuff happens. If you got, to, especially he's had to go through surgery just after being ill as well. I mean, it must really suck. But at the same time, this could be a silver lining for the Bruins because if he plays at the NHL level now, and we have no chance of uh, covering him when it comes to the draft, mm-hmm. then you should say goodbye to one of your biggest prospects. Yeah. And then one good thing about that, if you look at the, I'm looking on generalfinancial.com, and the, um, at, on the right side, which is which is where he plays, um, this uh, in a year or two, there's going to be um, there's going to be roster spots available for a, another shot uh, at another yeah. successful training camp. So, um, and especially if guys like Jimmy Hayes don't pick it up this year, I yeah. know, I know the management have been saying he needs to pick it up, he needs to get better. So. I can fully guarantee that if he doesn't have a good year this year, they'll they'll get rid. Yep. Like, they won't just keep a guy like that on the team if he can't produce. So I have faith in him to do stuff like that. And there'll be spots available up and down the roster in the next few years. So yeah, I, I mean, if you look at if you look at the at the at the roster right now um, on the right side, Tyler Randall, he's got one more year. Uh, Hayes has got two more full seasons. Uh, Pasternak's got one more year, but he's RFA. And I doubt he's going anywhere. Yeah. But there really isn't a lot of um, uh, availability on the right side in the next couple of years. So it could be something that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to walk right on, but if he continues to, to, to work hard and, and, you know, stay healthy, um, I think he's got a really good shot at, at, at the uh, NHL level in a year or two. Yeah, but the good thing is, like like you said about a guy like Jimmy Hayes, who's got a year left on his deal. Two. If we're not in the play, well, two. But yeah. if if we're not in the playoff picture by trade deadline, that's that's a guy that can go to like contending team and play on the third line. Mm-hmm. Like a, a team that's got cap space, that's like definitely like solidified in the playoffs. You see it all the time. They go after guys like this that can play top six minutes kind of like they'll get them put them on a lower line let them play even better so I mean there's there's options available all through the Bruins roster for guys that can go out and guys that can be brought in so you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast you can catch our show on the hockey writers podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com I think it's going to be an entertaining year, no matter what happens. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I really do. 
and I really think we're going to see a few moves. I believe so too. Uh, if 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 things don't happen between the start of the season and I want to say before Christmas, yeah. um, and and the Bruins are not in the playoff picture, I think that's the time. Um, don't go into a new year with the same problem. You know, fix the fix the problem before it gets too late. So you still have enough time to create um, some kind of chemistry with either uh, a new coach. Uh, or a new player heading on down to the playoff stretch. I I just I don't like when teams they wait to the eleventh the eleventh hour to make a deal oh, yeah. or anything like that, and then the guy comes on and he's only there for about fifteen games with no time to uh, to get any kind of chemistry together with his new line mates. Oh yeah, it's like, it's always like you see teams get to deadline day and panic and. Some people panic buy, and other teams like hold out for more money. I mean, it it it's stupid waiting till the last minute. It really is. I think a lot of teams will stop doing that now because there's been so many trades over the last few years that have just been complete and utter busts. So, I I think the league's definitely changing, and it's getting a lot different. And I think we'll see a lot more changes to how stuff's done. So, I mean. Like I said, this year is going to be fun no matter what because I think you're either going to see a totally different team by Christmas or you're going to see us go on a cup run and push really hard because they're not going to want what happened last year and the year before to happen again. No, it's unacceptable. It really is. Yeah. And <coughs> hopefully whatever whatever happened in those two years um, gets addressed. Um, yeah. During this training camp, you walk into the 2016-17 season, a new team, new attitude, and and the same expectations. I mean, the expectations aren't for me personally. I know I know Bruins fans. Some some fans are, you know. I I ask people all the time. I'm all, I'm always you know interviewing and asking questions. But I say, what are your expectations? Some of them say we're going to win the Stanley Cup. To me, that's un that's a little unrealistic to me after yeah. what I've seen the past two seasons. But Moving but forward, they did. They addressed one thing this off season, and that was the fact that usually one of our two best centermen go down with an injury, and we got David Backers to come in. Right. I mean, last year when David Krejci went down, the offense stopped. Everything kind of got a bit jumbled up, and then when he came back, they didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know whether to play him on the wing or at center. Or so I mean, when you got a guy like. Backers come in. I mean, he can slot into the top line, the second line, the third line. It's a good signing because it's so versatile. Like yeah. he can do everything. So. I mean, and uh, speaking of uh, David Backers, he his uh, first preseason game was uh, last night, and uh, I I I didn't get to see it because I was at that wedding. But um, a lot of people on Twitter um, they were really surprised by how he looked. Yeah. And a lot of people saying that he looked younger than some of the kids, like the way he was playing. Yep. Like I've heard people saying he's got a lot of energy still, he's still going hard into the board, he's still hitting like he did the last few years. So it's scary when you sign a guy like that to so many years, like thinking, oh, we're going to end up with Chara 2.0. But I think with a guy like Bacchus, he's got too much compete level in him. Like he's just gonna push his body until it fails. So I think it's good. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see his production, uh, what he brings on the ice, because I know he's a gritty forward. I know he's a kind of player that likes to um, battle it out at the top of the crease. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's got good hands and, and vision, uh, you know, when when a point shot comes in or, or a wrist shot from the point, uh, oh, yeah, you know, he creates havoc. And I, 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 you know, that was that was supposed to be the role that Jimmy Hayes was supposed to play. But, you know, you, yeah, you can you could be a big body all you want. If you don't know what you're doing in front of the, you know, the top of the crease, then, you know, you're not going to your expectations are going to be very good. I've never seen I've not seen anyone mention this. But imagine the third line next year, and on your left wing you've got Bolesky, on your centre you've got Bacchus, and on your right wing you've got Jimmy Hayes. Like, they're three huge guys. Like, Bolesky's just going to throw the body around, like like he always does. You've got a guy like Bacchus who'll do the same, but has a lot more skill and can score goals. And then you've got a guy like Jimmy Hayes who, when he has space... Like we saw last year, when he was on a line where they created space, he got shots away, he scored goals. But when he was pushed up to a higher line with guys like Marshan and Bergeron, where he's more kind of dig the puck out of the corner quick and get a quick shot off, he didn't produce. So I I think that could be one of our better lines if that happens. Yeah, I I mean I, I like I like that. I mean that's that's a that's that's a you know, well wish on a fucking third line, but I'd hate to see, you know, um, top six money going like what Bacchus gets for a third line player. But yeah, but it just it, it depends how the the top six is set out. Right. I mean, I mean, if you get chemistry with the guys in the top six, like Marshawn and Bergeron already have chemistry. Like we know that. Yeah, they got a whole bromance going on. Yeah, it's who fits in on that right hand side. And I don't know. Like I, I can't pick any one player out of the Bruins team and say, yeah, that that's a fit for the first line. So and then you've got second line Krejci and Pasternak is like father and son on the ice. <laughs> so I mean and then you've got to add a guy like Danton Heinen on the left wing. That that line's just all offense. That's gonna be sick. So or as you say, wicked. Wicked. <laughs> All right. The, this this wicked pisser line, the second line. Uh, see, that's what it'll be. You you are destined to be a Boston resident. I'm telling you, you got the wicked pisser down. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been practicing. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, speaking of practices, I, lo- I love the way you segue into into things. <laughs> oh, I'm trying my best. Right. That's a good co-host. Uh, speaking of not practicing and not doing anything, I really want to talk about uh, this next player um, because uh, Sportsnet.ca's Jeff Merrick. I like Jeff. He's a good guy. I listen to all his stuff on the podcast. And he brought up Jacob Truba. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Truba fan. I, I think he's got great potential. But... What I found interesting was his trade scenario, which I, 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 I was like, I could either take it or leave it. It depends on this, on you know. Yeah. But uh, he suggests that um, Tory Krug could be a player that the Jets could be interested in. And 
obviously that's not the only thing that would be involved. Um, Malcolm Subban would be involved to uh, create a little more depth in the um, the Jets uh, organization and a first round pick in 2017. Um, your thoughts, sir? Uh, don't do it. <laughs> do not give Tory Krug away. My God, don't do it. Like they want a mobile puck moving defenseman. You have it. It's Tory Krug. You want to give that up to get a stay-at-home defenseman that we don't need? No. Just, I, I mean, I know Truba can move the puck, but last year he was, he was a stay-at-home defenseman. Like, that's what he was last year. And I get it, you can mould him, but at the same time, Tory Krug has been the constant best thing on the Bruins team other than Marshall and Bergeron over the past few years. Don't give that guy up. No matter what, I, I mean, yeah. If if someone came along and said, "Oh, do you want Stamkos for four million, and we'll take Krug?" Yeah, do it. But don't give Krug up for a guy like Truba, and then have to pay Truba like seven million, or else you give up Krug and he walks again. So, no, I, I wouldn't give him up. I'd rather package more players involved, like younger players. Uh, to be honest, I'd rather give up a guy like Carlo. Ouch. And, and and Carlo's a guy... Like, this is what I mean, though. Carlo is a guy who could fit in where Trooper's been playing on the bottom line in Winnipeg. Like, he could go in and play the third pairing. So, that makes more sense to give up a right-shot defenseman, get a right-shot defenseman. They're both the same type of player, it's just Trooper's further along. Like, I can understand that trade. Trading a right-shot defenseman for a left-shot defenseman, especially when you've got Chara going in the next year or two. Who else do we have at left-shot defense? Joe Morrow, is he going to play top line? No, no. no. Uh, John no. Michael Lyles? No. Christian Aeroff, who's only on a PTO? No. Like, the next guy in line there is, what, Tommy Cross? Yeah, and that's yeah. Career <laughs> yeah. career AHL player, I don't think so. Unless unless you can foresee an elite left D, like top line D pairer coming available in the uh, in free agency next year, there is no way you give up Krug. Like well, I would I would swim across the ocean, get out in Boston Harbor, walk up to T D Garden and slap the living piss out of Don Sweeney if he trades Krug. Like, and I mean that. I'll, I'll Facebook Live it. Like, I'll let everyone know that I'm going. Awesome. If he trades Tory Krug, oh my God, I will find it so hard to get up every morning. <laughs> all right, well, since you're all worked up and hot and bothered about trading Tory Krug, Jeff Merrick also said that if um, if a trade like that doesn't work out a a prospect could be involved and he seems to believe that Charlie McAvoy be, could um, create a lot of interest from from uh, Winnipeg and no, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> and that, that's when I said no I, I, I kind of drew the line at that um, you if know. you've got a guy like him who's being called the next Drew Dowdy yeah you just don't give up on that 
yeah, that's just ridiculous. And especially a guy who's got, what, two, three more years of college ahead of him before he even signs a pro deal. Exactly. Like, don't give that guy up now. Like, you've just gone out and got him. You've just picked him over, like, five other players that were meant to go before him. Yep. Like, there was Jacob Chichurin available at the same time. And my boy and Dante Fabro. Exactly. And they picked McAvoy for a reason. Yep. So, I mean, I don't get how the, some of these guys get jobs. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I was writing and I wrote that on my screen and I looked at it, I'd slap myself. Because if you know anything about the Bruins, they're not going to give up a guy like that. And especially for a guy who's unsigned. Like, there's, there's too many loopholes that that can go wrong so badly. Uh, in, like, in... Go ahead, I mean, sorry, Rob. Yeah, what, what, if, what if we trade for him, he refuses to sign, spends a year abroad, and then goes back to Winnipeg? Waste. I mean, like, you never know, but the, these things can happen. Like, that could definitely happen. It's just... There's too many ways that something can something can go wrong with a trade for Truba, and I don't think we need him. Yep. I I, I I mean, when you talk about involving McAvoy into a deal, I have a hard time following along with that because the Bruins are suffering right now um, with a with a struggling defense, and and you want these young players to come in develop properly whether NCAA or AHL, whatever the scenario is. But, you know, you just don't want to give up on those on those talented players just to get a guy, like you said. Now, he's complaining about playing time on the right side, and he's not being used to the way he, air quotes, you know, thinks that he should be. So he requested a trade. Now, I, I'm, I, I don't want to give up a guy like McAvoy or a player like Krug or, or a first-round pick. For uh, yeah. like you said, a guy that's going to be here for a little while and probably won't be happy and do the same thing. All right, this is like trading for Dougie Hamilton. Like, I I just don't get the point. If a guy like that's going to complain, don't go for him. Let some other club make the mistake. Let let some other team pay seven million dollars and then watch. Like he could turn out to be an elite defenseman. He could be the next like big thing on the right side, but. At the same time, you don't know that. That's that's the gamble. Yeah, I I wouldn't gamble with our future right now because we we're set to be a good team in the next five years. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Best with the system. Yeah, but at the same time, like we've seen this every year. Like when we drafted Pasternak, straight away there were rumors of oh Pasternak could be traded to this team for this defenseman. Like. It happens every year, and it, it gets you caught in because it's one of them ridiculous trade rumors that kind of it's either going to piss you off or make you excited. One of the two. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to make you go, huh. like this is how a lot of reporters make money now. So, I mean, I don't mind. You got to pay the bills, but at the same time, you won't you won't catch me doing that. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah. Uh, like, like this, 
over this over the summer and the past two years, all I've seen is the Bruins do lateral movements uh, with additions and subtractions. <coughs> nothing, yeah. nothing that's gonna you know completely blow me away and just say you know this is gonna be a a second round or a conference final team. You know, um, yeah. always hope for the best. But when you look at it on paper, I just kind of you know look at it as in you know this is it's a competitive team, but it's not gonna blow me away. Yeah, but at the same time, if you think five years down the line and look at every position on the Bruins roster and think of the prospects that we've brought in, like, we're going to be good. Yeah. And so, I, I, I called I called my own shot a, a couple of podcasts ago. I'm not sure which one I did it, but, you know, I, I gave the Bruins a three- to five-year window to get back to a cup final. And I'm not saying win it, but just... You know, appearance. Yeah, get there. Right. Yeah. And, and which, it, which look, in my opinion, isn't an unrealistic goal. No, especially if guys step up faster than you expected. Yeah. So you're looking at five years maximum, probably, for like this team to be good with some younger guys in it. And and that doesn't. That's not even thinking about guys that are available in free agency. So, I mean, because we never know who's going to come up. Like. We've had guys go this year that haven't like signed deals yet, and it's what a week until the next season. So you never know who's going to be available. It's all a matter of waiting, and with a team like this, where we're a transition team from being a cup contender to be like a lottery pick team. Mm-hmm. Like just just wait it out. I mean, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. But as long as you love the Bruins and you love hockey and you love just watching, like, just wait. Like, if you want to create a dynasty, it doesn't happen over that. Yeah, exactly. I'd, ra- I'd rather have what the Blackhawks have had over the fi- last five years. Like, I'd rather have what they have now than one cup every 30 years yeah. just by bringing in older guys. So, so patient. <sighs> well, talking about playoffs and. Um, see, segue again. Uh, yeah, see, this, this is like perfect. I swear to God, you've done this so many times, so many years before. I've got it all written down on a sheet next to. See, and that's why that's why I like having you on because you do your homework and you know your shit. So your My stuff. segue sheet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, I think this is a good time for, for us to do uh, some predictions. Um, I I contacted Rob during the off air show and. Uh, we're gonna do since we are, are a Bruins podcast and strictly Bruins. We you know we do talk other stuff you know, with teams around the league, but we try to contain it right to Bruins related material. And we're gonna be a little biased, uh, and we're just gonna do Eastern Conference predictions. And uh, I have a list from eight to one on the teams that I believe are gonna be you know close to or you know uh, making the playoffs, but. Um, uh, we're gonna go from eight to one. So I. So you want to do wild card first, and then make your way up to first place? Well, I just, I just did, I just did my my eight through one. I didn't even do a wild card. Okay. I I, I should have done that. I didn't even think about the wild card, but um, unfortunately, and and I have thick skin, and I probably will get beat up on this from the. The uh, the passionate fans, but the Bruins aren't making it. Shock I, horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just do, with, with the moves like we we explained 
earlier, the, the lateral movements and, and roster positions. Um, I just don't, I don't see them making the step. Um, I believe they're going to be a few points out like they have the past two seasons. But at number eight, I have the Red Wings making their 26th appearance in the yeah. Stanley Cup Finals. Who do you got? See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Detroit as well. Like I, I think they're gonna make it, even though they don't have Datsuk. They've got young guys coming. I think they'll definitely make it. All right, so you say Red Wings? Yeah. I'm writing this stuff down and I'm gonna put it up on my kitchen um, uh, refrigerator. <laughs> so save it for the end of the year. Exactly. I think what we should do is each put a five dollar bet on oh. with all these teams to make it and then see who wins the most amount of money <laughs> that's how we should do it we'll talk about that we'll definitely talk about that <laughs> all right all right so at number seven um i got the philadelphia flyers oh i'm gonna be controversial i'm gonna go montreal Ooh. uh i think think they could make it but i think they'll be a wild card team interesting and I think they'll just just stop Boston making the playoffs. All right. Um, I have for my sixth. I have Montreal. Mm. I had somebody <laughs> else there, but then I had to think about it. I forgot about Montreal because I hate them so much. So. Yeah. Yeah. At six, I'm I'm gonna have Montreal. Uh, I'm gonna go. Let me just think. Oh, I know. This is definitely is a controversial one. Buffalo. Oh, damn. Yeah. Guys like Rasmus Ristolainen, Jack Eichel, those guys are gonna step up this year. And yep. I really think they're gonna make a push. They they were so exciting to watch last year. Like it looked like they had fun all year long. So, I think guys like O'Reilly, I I just think it's their year to make it, but I don't think they'll go far. All right. Uh, number five for me, I have the New York Rangers. Uh, number five for me is going to be Pittsburgh. Wow. Yeah. All right. I have Pittsburgh at number four. Uh, I'm going to pick Washington. <laughs> this is funny. I'm guessing Washington's your next pick. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Uh, at number three for me, believe it or not, is the Florida Panthers. Uh, at number three, I'm going to pick the Rangers. Wow. Alright. And number two for me, I have the Washington Capitals. And I'm going to pick... Florida. Yep. Florida. And my final. Can you guess it? Tampa Bay. That's it. Yeah, that's mine as well. I, I, you know... I, I mention this a lot. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I mean, I think I'm up to 70 podcasts a week just to get Jeez. me through my 40 hours. Um, 
at work, but um, uh, Tampa Bay is really, really poised to make a um, a, a good run. And, it's, and they didn't even have any; they haven't even started any regular season games yet. But a lot of people are really picking them high to finish the uh, Eastern Conference on a on a positive note. Yeah, I I think I think you're gonna see Tampa Bay probably push to the finals next year. I think there's gonna be like a few surprises this year. I don't think New York Islanders will do as good. They brought lost up Pozo, brought in a guy like Ladd, but I don't see Ladd putting up as many points as Pozo did. You got a team like Philly that I don't think will make it. That only just made it last year. But then there's, I think you've got. It it sounds weird, but I think there's a couple of surprises that might happen. A team like Carolina might push. Um. And weirdly enough, like I know this sounds weird, but I think Toronto are gonna do quite well. Like I don't think they'll be in last place like they usually are. Right. So I mean, they made some good additions. They got a solid like starting goaltender. They got Was already other... hurt. Yeah, but I don't think that's gonna affect them too much. Probably not. But like they got him, they didn't pay too much for him. Which surprised me. I thought they were gonna do something stupid and pay him stupid amounts of money. But uh, yeah, I think they'll do quite well this year. I think they've they've added pieces on quite well, and they've got kids that are ready to go. So, hey, I who, mean, who was your number one, real quick? I forgot to write it down. My number one was Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. We agreed on that one. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think there's any way Tampa Bay doesn't run away with the Eastern Conference next year. Right. Uh, I think they're stacked from like head to toe, both offense and defense, and then you've got Bishop and Vasilevsky both wanting the number one spot in net. So I just think they're a powerhouse. They're going to push through, and I'm really hoping for like what Tampa Bay and Dallas or Chicago for the final. Cool. That was pretty good. I like that. I mean, we, we agreed on the eight and the and the number one. Everything else was just all a mess. Yeah. So it well, be fun. it was kind of the same teams, except for one or two. Right. So, I mean, it, the East is quite. I wouldn't say easy to predict, but. Well, I had I had the the, the Islanders. Honestly, I'm, I I had the Islanders scheduled, and like I said, I I don't like Montreal at all, but. Um, the Islanders at six for me, and then you brought up Montreal. And I'm like, oh shit, crap. Yeah. I mean, um, well, you know, just Carey Price. Carey Price is coming back. So, and what, what, right. what we what we saw in the beginning of his season last year, I'm sure he's just gonna bring that right back into uh, into the fold in the next campaign. So, Price, Suter, Radulov. Yeah, I mean, I, if Radulov plays like he did in the KHL, that guy's gonna tear it up. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I think I think that rivalry is going to get a lot more heated with a guy like Suter there, especially. Uh, not Suter. Sure, what am I talking about? Sure, whatever. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Shaw. Like, oh my God, Andrew Shaw. Oh, just think you, you're going to have like Andrew Shaw, Galchenyuk. Oh. Yep. God. Oh, and we got to see Plekanec for another year. Oh. Only four games though. I can't wait till that guy retires though. <laughs> I don't know why, but I hate him so much. He just needs to lose that turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I watched the video when Sean Thornton was still playing for the Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> and he said something to him. He's like, who wears a turtleneck in hockey? <laughs> uh, I was just giving it to him. It was great. There's nothing better than going back and watching, like, Malow line highlights from the Montreal <laughs> games. Like, the, the bit where Subban just, like, skated past and he squirted him with water bottle and then had an argument with the ref. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss Thornton. Oh. <laughs> uh. We are at we are past our hour. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's only what seven more days until the next one. Yeah. So And eleven days podcast. Eleven days till the season starts, so get used to us being on every week to give you your updated Bruins news from our point of view. Um, An hour of pleasure. Exactly. We love doing. I love doing this. I really do. Oh, I do. And we, uh, we, we're getting great feedback, and our numbers are, are increasing. Like we're at. Uh, I think the last time we talked, we were, we just broke two thousand listens. Uh, or like two, yeah. or two or three podcasts That's ago. Crazy. Now we're at thirty three hundred, and it's just getting better and better. Um, a couple people, I I, I I have to thank the hockey writers and uh, having us on their podcast channel. Uh, also, I want to mention um, um, I moved over to uh, BruinsExtra.wordpress.com. I'm writing for them also, um, and check them out. Uh, you can find their work uh, on Twitter at BruinsExtra. And if you want to follow me, Mark, I'm at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven, and my boy Rob is at Rob Forty Bruins. No, I, I don't. I don't want to stop. I want to keep talking hockey, but I know that that ten minutes went really quick. I know. Oh, wait, it was an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week to talk more preseason games with the um, uh, we got Montreal, Columbus, and Philly next week to end oh, the preseason. And Montreal. Then Ooh. we're gonna a nice segue into the 2016-17 season, and uh, and we're just gonna continue to keep talking because it's just gonna get better from here. So hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully you, you ride along. Yeah, the season's coming. I know. I'm so pumped. All right, Mr. Rob. All right. I will see you next week. I'll talk to you during the week, and we'll uh, we'll get our agenda together, and we'll go from there. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. The constant support and feedback is a well, very well appreciated. Um, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.